That was entertaining. That was entertaining. And welcome to the back peg. Yes, welcome to the back peg. <laughs> Just going straight in there. <laughs> head, head first. Yes, head first. Which we go legs first. Yeah, two foot right in there. <laughs> Welcome everyone back to another episode, another week here on The Back Peg. Uh, thank you very much for lending us years for the next hour, two hours, see how far this goes. And uh, it's been a big week of football, there's so much to go through, so many things to talk about. Laz, you're here with me once more. Yes. And uh, it's a wonderful time to be uh, speaking about football, isn't it? Always. Always a good time to talk about football. Is there yeah. a bad time? Mm-hmm. No. No. No, there isn't. But it's, uh, good yeah, to be up, it, 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 it's good to be up late with you, Nathan, and uh, hello to all the backpack listeners, and uh, witnessed an interesting game just now. We did, Melbourne Victory 1, Wellington Phoenix 1, and thoroughly entertaining, and uh, a game with some uh, a good goal from Melbourne Victory, Brian Teague, nice to see him get off the mark in the yeah. navy blue of Melbourne Victory, I think he's certainly one to watch for mm-hmm. the foreseeable, Indeed. he's got a bright future ahead of him, and uh, Wellington showing a, a bit of their medal this season. We weren't sure on Wellington coming into this campaign where they would sit. Are they a 7-12 to 12 team? Are they a top 6 contender? Where where did they sit? We didn't quite know because there's been a lot of change at the Phoenix lately. Mm, mm. But so far, so good, I think. Where do you put them? I think I, I put Phoenix about... 6. Yeah, I was going to say like 4-8, to eight, somewhere in there. Yeah, I think they'll be yeah. in the mix for the, for the finals. I, I think they'll be in the mix as well. Yeah, I, mm. think, they'll, I think they'll be in the mix as well. Yeah, it's... Look, I like Melbourne victory, but there's something not quite right now after the first, like after the last couple of rounds. When I say that, it's it's not a big thing. It's just they're not taking advantage of their chances. They're not, you know, they're not scoring enough goals, I think. I think they create enough opportunities. And I think that was their problem last season as well. Yeah, and they can't rely on Fornaroli to score four goals each week. <laughs> <laughs> exactly right. It's just not going to happen, right? <laughs> it's just not going to happen. So what do you make of their friendship, Port? He looks all right. Mm. He's uh, very difficult to tackle. That's for sure. That's for sure. <laughs> I think he, he's, aw- he's awkward. He is awkward. Awkward for defenders. Mm. Mm. And sometimes look a little bit laborious on the ball, but uh, provided he's reasonably settled, he looks like a real threat. And mm. as with all imports, it takes a, a little bit of time for them to settle in and yeah, we really true. get to see uh, how good of a player they are. And we're seeing that with a number of new imports for this season. Yeah. And... I think come January, provided the weather and the heat's not a big factor, mm. we're, we're going to see a, a very good play here. I've, I've been quietly impressed. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I, by the same token, I don't mind Wellington, even though Melbourne were the better side tonight mm. and deserve three points. They just, uh, yeah, Wellington look like they're building. And like we said, I think they will be mid-table. I think sixth is about right, and I think they will make the um, the finals. But should we you should go on with more A-League. Because it's been a big we week. Should. It's been a big it's, night. <laughs> it's it has it has indeed so much news in Australian football at the moment. And I was talking to someone at work mm-hmm. uh, during the week, and they're not really one to watch Australian football. They support Liverpool, which mm. is a problem in and of itself. But that's <laughs> <laughs> we'll get on to Liverpool later. I'm sure we will, unfortunately. But um... unfortunately, he says yes, yes. Jeez, I mean, I don't, don't mind talking about it at the best of times, but don't, anyway. don't, be, don't be like that. <laughs> we, 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 we might need to get a um, a Liverpool journal one soon. Mm, okay, all right. <laughs> uh-huh, I'm I not on your mind, but you know, hey. I can I can, can grin and bear it 
for an episode. <laughs> and then a Newcastle one, then a Real Madrid one, then a... <laughs> oh, and then now you're pushing it. <laughs> All right, we'll get an um, athletic, we'll get an athletic bill bell one. Yeah, yeah, that'd be good. <laughs> that would be good. <laughs> balance it out a bit. That's right. <laughs> um, but anyway, I was talking to this guy at work, and he supports Liverpool. Doesn't really follow the A League. He was mm-hmm. getting involved with the Wanderers when they were. Doing well in Asia and all the hype was around, I'm sure, but doesn't didn't what they don't watch them week mm. in, week out. They don't follow yep. the A League too closely. Um, but we're talking and I said and I stand by it, I in any given A League game, yep. any given Premier League game, yep. I'm more entertained watching the A League. Uh-huh. And part of that is the time zone, part of that is just because I'm more entertained watching it. I think it's more enjoyable. Yep. And a game like tonight, Melbourne victory against Wellington, a mm. team teams are where one we're expecting to be towards the top, one towards the middle. Mm-hmm. If you swap those out for Premier League equivalents, say, I don't know, a Liverpool against Fulham. Mm-hmm. Yep. yep. I think I'd much rather watch Victory Phoenix. I get your point. And in part, I agree with you because, yes, the there's no doubt that the, the skill level of the Premier League is completely different to that of, you know, to that of the A-League, right? But from an entertainment perspective, you've got, the, you know, the disparity between the teams in the A-League is not as prevalent as what it is in the Premier League, and that's why you're you're finding that yeah. entertaining. And look, so, yes, quality, the pace of the, the games, although you do get some quick A-League games, but generally the pace is a little bit slower, right? I mean, the Championship, in, in part, is quicker than the Premier League. Yeah, some and games Scottish sometimes yeah, too. Yeah, you know. Mm. So, you know, so they're the two things that I look at and go, okay, well, yes, the Premier League wins on that. But with regards to the level of competition between the teams and the closeness and, yeah, look, you know, you, you look and watch a game of A-League objectively and go, yep, you know, good quality, you know, a decent contest, decent contest, mm. you know. So, yeah, no, take your point. And in some parts, some parts it's very entertaining, actually. Very much so. But mm. we shall shift over to some of the news. There is yes. plenty to cover off. We, I think, should we go we sky? Start... Should we go sky blue? I think no, we gotta... no. Oh, I think we got to go yeah, recent, more recent. Mm, I like... think we got to start with the, the absolute fresh news. A couple of hours ago, mm. like Fabrizio uh, Romano. Yes, the big <laughs> here dog we go. Here we go. <laughs> <laughs> Nestory Irinkunda to Bayern Munich. Something that's uh, been bubbling away in the background for some time. January. Looks like it's on the verge of being given the green light. Uh, I believe Nestor doesn't turn 18 in January. Right. I think he turns 18 after the window shuts, so he okay. won't be able to move until the end of this current season. Uh-huh. But it looks like a record deal for Australian football in terms of an outgoing from this country. And, and by some way, more than double the record. And, and the club? But it's at the club. Oh, to Bayern Munich. Bayern Munich. Absolutely. Yes. What a deal. What a deal. What a deal. And three million pounds was the fixed fee quoted, which depending on your currency rate, be $5.5 million somewhere there, plus future fees. It's an amazing amount of money for Adelaide United. Yes, I'm sure if he was Brazilian, he'd be worth three times the price. Sure. Maybe more. But in any case, that's an amazing amount of money for Adelaide. It's interesting you mentioned that. Like Fox Sports Football actually had a similar price in Australian dollars, but not for Nestry. No, they didn't. (laughs) (laughs) And they have prize for something like this, don't they? Yes, they do, because I think they're using AI, or the, mm. the work experience kid. Yeah, it probably gets paid in uh, poppers and, <laughs> and a fruit bag. <laughs> if there is a work experience kid that works for <laughs> does anybody work for Fox Sports Football in Australia at the moment? Seriously. Uh, uh, yes, dear. what you're referring to, Laz, uh-huh. 
for those that don't know. Yeah, the social media posts uh, about the report, I'm sure they've changed the photo by now. I wouldn't is, be surprised uh, if they haven't. Yeah, that's also true. <laughs> uh, yeah, they used the picture of Musatore instead of uh, Nestri. Hmm. 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 Yeah. No, you know what? We'll just bag it out, Box Sports Football. I reckon they're onto something. I think they've got the inside scoop. I was just thinking that, actually, now that you mention this. Maybe they know something we don't. Mm, I think Adelaide are going to send Musatura to Bayern. I hope they don't notice. <laughs> <laughs> oh, pardon me. Uh, yeah, you could be right there, Nathan. But <laughs> wouldn't surprise me. Wouldn't surprise me. You know, Fox Sports football playing for the Mitchell Chess on behalf of Adelaide United. Yep. We didn't even know about it. Mm, yep. There you go. One step ahead of the game. Yep, indeed, indeed. What no, are your thoughts? I think move. it's a great move. I think it's a great move. I think it is. And Nestor's got some great talent, mm. but his role, as we've seen. Yes, we, and, and, yes, yes. As we've we seen very seen. recently, he is quite mm. raw. Yes. And I think uh, there's some very good football institutions over in Europe to refine that. Mm-hmm. Bayern is one of them. Indeed. And uh, yes, it's very difficult to get into the first team. Of course it is. But I don't think getting into the first team at Bayern Munich is a marker for success or fail. I agree. It's moving to the next club if you can't get in that first team. And uh, the most recent, well, the obvious one to pick out is Sapreet Singh. Moved to Bayern yeah, Munich. That's right. Spent a lot of time in the German second, third and fourth tier. Got a move this summer to a second division German club, which is a good level to um, launch your career from and move on to um, better things off the back of that. Yeah, and that Bundesliga too is a great league as well. Mm, yeah, absolutely. And Bayern Munich is a very good school to learn at. Yep. Very much so. uh, We get to see Nestria and Kundra on our shores in an Adelaide United shirt for the rest of this season. So get out and see him while you can. Yep, indeed. Enjoy. Enjoy. You don't have too many more opportunities. I don't know if Sydney FC are going to enjoy it this weekend, but that's uh, (laughs) hey. How's that for a segue? Very good. Very good. Thank you. Thank you. (laughs) Yes, because Sydney are um, hoping for some better fortune. New manager bounce, these sorts of things. Yes. Yes. Steve Corica on his way. Yeah, mm. Bimby, Steve Corica, gone. They've done the. They've um, shot Bimby. <laughs> yes, they have. And look, I think you'll agree with me, Laz. It's been coming. Yeah, look. And I think there's been some times over the past year, eighteen months, where he could have gone, but the club stuck by the manager just to see if he can turn it around. And yeah, that's right. Some things papered over the cracks, like the Australia Cup uh-huh. in the uh, well, this and year's the, Australia Cup. And, and the finals campaign last season. And the final, yes, yep, that too. Mm. And I do say good on Sydney FC for standing by the manager mm. and giving yeah. him time. I, I have no begrudging by that whatsoever, but I think as time went on, and particularly with their start to this league season, oh. it be- became pretty obvious that it wasn't going anywhere and it was time to move Corica on. And it is the end of an era for Sydney FC, big time. Yeah, that, that it is. Look, by my reckoning, I don't know what you think, Nathan. I think they gave Steve Corica a season plus three games because it would have been – you wouldn't have, you know, criticised Sydney FC for moving on Steve Corica at the end of the previous season to last. No, no. Right. <clears throat> so I don't know what your thoughts are on that. Yeah, I remember – what was it? Was it this time last year or was it the year before that mm. – they had a around Christmas New Year. They had a real downturn in period, and yep. a struggling Macarthur side went to Moor Park and mm-hmm. play them play them off the pitch and won three 0 mm. I thought that was the time when he could have gone. Yep. There's been a few other moments where you think, okay, now it's getting a little bit hairy to the mm. point of it has to go here. Something has to change. But as I say, good on Sydney for giving yeah. him 
yeah. giving Steve Corica the ample opportunity to turn it around. Unfortunately, it wasn't able to be done. Yeah, I do find it a bit strange that they gave him these three games. I always question, if you're going to sack him three games into the season, just do it at the end of the last. I don't think they were going to, to be honest. But what's oh, changed? You lose you lose three games. That can happen to any manager at any time. The, the way that Sydney has lost. No goals, right? And the results... Losing to you know to Melbourne victory, losing to Sydney City the way that they uh, to Melbourne City I said Sydney City losing to Melbourne City right is that for a throwback? Um, yeah. yeah, losing losing to Melbourne City. Um, you know, it's not great. It's not great at all. No, but whilst I say it's good that Sydney gave him time, I also say this has been coming, and yeah, I look, don't think we've learned anything in these past three weeks that we didn't really already know. Aside from maybe Redmayne and Ryan Grant, uh, a little bit. I, I think that's been a big, to put it bluntly past yeah, their sell by date. Yeah, yeah. I think that's been a big factor for him. I think what's happened is also injuries since the Australia Cup, right? So the Australia Cup was a success. Relatively young side as well played in it. Relatively young side um, to start the season with, and the results against, like I said, Melbourne victory, Brisbane, and um, and Melbourne City um, have definitely hurt. Have definitely hurt. And look, the fact that there is no, and when you watch those three games in isolation, you can't see where the improvement is coming. No, I agree. So that's what I think has actually forced their hand. I don't think they had the intent to actually go, hey, we're going to give you six games and see how it goes, or three mm-hmm. games. I think that they recognised very quickly that yeah, something's not right here. We need to uh, we need to move. Also, I would say though that Ufi Talai, who's come in to replace Bimbi. Uh-huh. Was available all summer. Oh, sorry, summer. I'm used to. Yeah, European no, well, that's right. The European. Yes, yeah, he was yes. all off season. Yeah, he was. Yeah, he was all off season. He's available, ready and, to go. Yeah, and I'm sure when at the back end of last campaign, uh-huh. uh, Talley was asked questions about your next job, and he said it's overseas, and I very much left that door open because over the Tasman Seas would still count. Yeah. Yes, you did. You did call <laughs> that actually. To be fair, you did call that. And uh, I think back then, if he was offered the Sydney job, he would have taken it. And the fact that they've allowed Corica to have this off-season to sign some more players, which I'm sure he's got so much input over, mm. give him three games of this season just to boot him. And now you've got Ufitalo anyway with players that may not fit the system, players he may not want, all these sorts of things. Yep. It, it, it makes this next two months up until January pretty awkward. I actually thought that Sydney FC were going to stick with Drillage, to be honest, um, yeah. because uh, Tale is uh, part of the national team setup. So I don't know if he's... Now, if that that role is continuing, he'd just taken that, um, you know, that role and noticed um, it was assisting Graham Arnold there. So, yeah, it's it's an interesting one. I think for me, it's an obvious choice. Oh, yeah. Look, there's no doubt, right? Yeah, there's no doubt. I mean, look, it would have been interesting to to see how Zrilich would have gone because mm. he's played his, you know, he's learned his trade overseas, spending a bit of time in Germany where he played as well. But um, mm-hmm. yeah, I, I just think. I, th- I thought Talley would actually be positioning himself really well to take on the national job, uh, you know, being part of the t- setup. You know what I mean? Yeah. So, yeah. But, uh, yeah, it's, I mean, look, we we thought that that would be the case eventually, that that would be the play that uh, Talley would end up at Sydney, and now is the case. Very much so. Very much so. And, well, I think from where I sit right here, I think it's a very smart appointment, albeit an obvious one. Mm-hmm. I think if, if you ask me right now, to put my money on the line, is this going to work out or not? I'm very much more inclined to say yes than no. I agree. I think Ulfi Talai, based on what he done at Wellington, 
has shown himself to be a very good coach. Yep. And he'll be able to get Sydney uh, back on the right track. Uh, there'll be some flashbacks of that uh, 4 triple two back in the day that uh, Arnie was playing that Sydney fans were getting pretty sick of. <laughs> well, that's <laughs> been Formations don't yeah. make styles. No, that's true. Um, but, yeah, what do, you, what do you mean to the season so far? So we've had... We've just kicked off round four. We've had two of the big clubs move their managers on. It's getting a little bit ruthless there, league, which is not a bad thing. No, I think it's uh, getting a bit more serious, which is good. It's very mm. good. Should we continue? Um, should we continue with the news on a local front, Nathan? We should. We should because there's more. <laughs> there is more. Do you want to talk the NST? Go on. National or the NST? I don't know what what it's uh, going to be referred to now. I know. As, the- long, as, not, as long as it's not the championship. <laughs> I don't, I, no thanks, no thanks. I see you kicking around so too much. No, no, no. It's, it's just nas- so obviously copying from England. Let's just call, let's just call it the national second tier, as Football Australia yes. called it this week, because it will get a, a fancy schmancy name. Mm-hmm. And yes. I don't know what they're going to settle on, but I don't like B League. I don't like A two League. I don't definitely don't like calling it the championship. Yep. So they've got to come up with something. But I don't it's mind not going to be called the national second I, tier. I, I don't mind A League too. But then you would have to speak to um, APL and see if they're going to take it on. Mm, right? yeah. Because uh, I'm sure there's some uh, legalities around that. A-League so, 2 sounds like a reserve league rather than a, a second tier. Well, yeah, but look, I'm, I'm just, I guess I'm going off like La Liga 2, you know, the USLs, yeah. you know, so, you know. Zwei uh, Bundesliga. Yeah. yeah. Well, I wasn't thinking German, but yeah, okay. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> it all works. It, it all works. Right? Yeah, it all works. <laughs> but um, <laughs> so, yeah. So right now, for those that don't know, the commencement date of the National Second Tier or NST, I've just got to go with acronyms. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Nobody's so, got time to spell these whole things. No, exactly right. So the NST, <laughs> right, uh, is uh, slated now for March 2025. Good move. The only move that they could make. Yes. But, um, and be, because if they were going to force through a March 24th start date now, no way would it work out. It no. would have been way too soon. There's a bit of controversy around this. Go on. Queensland. Football Queensland. Two. Yes. Football Queensland mm. in their infinite wisdom. Hmm. What do you make of that? So for those that don't know, they decided that uh, if you're going to apply to uh, play in the NST, you your club basically should they get relegated from the NST, will go back right back to the bottom of the football pyramid. And yeah, that's just that's just really effed. It is. I think. I think. It is. And football points then have copped it yeah, they this should, week. Off the back rightly. of that news. Sunshine, Absolutely. Yeah, and Sunshine Coast are the only ones with the gumption to go, you know what? Yeah, no, we're going to sit tight. We're going to mm. keep going. You know, we're going to go alone here. Because I also make that as, out to be an empty threat. To be honest, I think so too. You know, I reckon if Gold Coast Knights call their bluff, they might actually, you know. Yeah, um, well, I think if Sunshine Coast get into the national tier, which national second division, which we expect them to, uh-huh. and they get relegated from it, I would be very surprised if they don't go straight back into the top yeah. division in Queensland. Likewise, if it were Brisbane City or Gold Coast Knights, I think those yeah. clubs have got pull and more pull than yeah. what they realise. Despite what Football Queensland says at the moment, I can't see it. We love you, Queensland, but geez, Queenslanders sometimes. But that's the thing. If they are to stick to their guns with this, it's, again, a case of the state feds not helping out Correct. the good of the game. Correct. Because it's just ridiculous. It is ridiculous. It's not that hard, right, to set up a pyramid. No, it isn't. But 
I think they just want us to see it and call themselves Southern Texas. So anyway. <laughs> Not a political show, Les. No, no. <laughs> no it isn't. I, you, I had to have a dig at Queensland. Yes. Yes. <laughs> or, you know, or maybe football Queensland in particular. I just mm. do not understand this. I just do not mm. understand this. The intent behind it, like, come on. Like, like, are they trying to scare Sunshine Coast and Gold Coast and others from not mm. applying for this? Is that mm. is that what the, the intent is, to yeah, try like and it. keep those clubs together because they're worried about don't the do state it. of NPL 1 Queensland <laughs> if, those leave, if they leave? Don't like, do it. Don't do it. You know. Yeah. Yeah, look. It's like Football Queensland want to be Mr. Burns in that Simpsons episode where they have the little door next to the main doors for employees Correct. to come back through and... They stand over the door. And, well, you know, come crawling back, <laughs> eh? <laughs> oh dear. Yeah. Or I, th- I think football Queensland might be reminding me of Peter Griffin, actually, in Family Guy. <laughs> but anyway, <laughs> we love you, Queensland, and football Queensland. You know, maybe just have another look at it. Hey, also football Queensland. Come on here and talk Ooh, us through the decision. Actually, talk us through the perspective. Yeah, more than welcome to. In all seriousness, I mean, look, we're joking mm. about it, but we don't understand what the motive is. But if there's a, yeah, if there's something that we're missing, we'd love to hear about it. So open invitation to the chairman or the CEO of uh, Football Queensland. Feel free to jump on the back peg. Very much so. We'd love to have you on. Mm. And, uh, Laz, it's not the only second-tier um news we got because we got no, a little bit of a run through of some of the clubs that we're expecting yep. and an announcement is coming in the next few weeks mm-hmm. an official announcement but there's rumors circulating about these teams yeah go on we are there are there are just rumors but let's just uh go on i i've heard a rumor about avondale yes and as a team to be in well as a team that was to be accepted but apparently now that's um there's some news around that as far well, there's some there's a rumor around that 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 is not the case now that they will oh. be uh, pulling out. Um, yeah, and something about Sunshine George Cross from Melbourne, so coming in as a replacement. I'm not sure if that's on the cards. Melbourne Knights apparently have also originally weren't slated to join the NST, but I think they've um, published on social media that they are going in. So this is yeah starting to be. Um, an interesting power play politically as far as football is concerned and what's going on, especially in Melbourne. Um, yeah, so we might have to speak to someone down there and see what's what's going on in, uh, you know, the next week or two. Yeah, very much so. And uh, we'll see which clubs actually do get the green light, which ones have passed their, mm. the, the tests that Football Australia was running them through and which ones that will get actually announced for this and uh, for the next phase. Yeah, so for context... Well, I'm still... I'm Sorry. still disappointed mm. that the um, Sutherland Sharks, Cronulla Sharks thing fell by the wayside. Yeah, I agree with you. I agree with you. Look, for context, though, for Melbourne in particular, it was to be originally South Melbourne, um, Avondale, and Preston mm-hmm. Lions, right? So South Hobart was would join, and then you had um, Sydney Olympic, Arpia Marconi, Sydney United, Wollongong Wolves, Sunshine Coast, and that's it at this point. So no team from South Australia. So, yeah, it's – but with this delay now, it'll be interesting to see if there is a change to that composition. Yeah, and I think also it lines up with the broadcast rights for the A-League. Good point. Because they're coming up in 2025, mm-hmm. and provided Football Australia and the APL can hash out a deal, mm. 
I think it'd be a very smart move to bundle these together. Yeah, on the proviso, like you said, Nathan, that APL and, and the FA can... Um, which is, it feels funny calling Football Australia the FA. It but... does, it does. <laughs> I, 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 like, I pull back every time I say it. Yeah, I know. <laughs> but, um, yeah, but yeah, on the proviso that the APL and Football Australia can can uh, reach a deal there, obviously we're in understanding that um, they can bundle that um, those rights. Because I think um, it's tricky because if you tuck away the NSD games, be it on 10 play or on YouTube, mm. it's difficult. It is difficult to for it to get exposure. Yeah, people need to watch it. Like it needs to be accessible for people to watch it and and you know it, and consume it. So I'm in two minds. It needs to be accessible, but it also needs to have some sort of spotlight cast on it because yeah, say games on 10 play, they are just in the background, like. Yeah, There's but... not really any promotion for it or anything whatsoever. Like, yeah, for example, sure. the be it the Australia Cup games, be it some of the AFC Cup games as well that go on 10 play. It's great that it's free and available to watch, sure, but also you don't know the games are on unless you're actively looking for it. Yeah, unless you're up to date or you're, you know, passionate. Yeah, yeah. But I agree. Look, there needs to be some kind of promotion on it, um, and it can't be just on the app. Mm. So, no, I agree with you there. But even still, say on the 10, like a lot of people who watch Australian football have the 10 play app installed because of this, the games uh-huh. being on there. Correct. Send out a push notification the day of saying uh, on tonight, Australia Cup game. Yeah, absolutely. Whoever it is, send out a push notification on the yeah. day. Yeah. Like, and yes, you're going to get a lot of people who have no interest in football, no interest in sport that have the 10 play app downloaded and they'll get it as well. But eh, you could also work something in with like, Preferences, a lot of apps are asking for that. What are you yeah, interested in? Course. Sport? Like, then course, then course, send, course. send it out. Yeah, no, absolutely. But let people know the games are on. We're in agreement, Nathan. Mm. We're in agreement. Mm. Is there anything we Not can a... disagree on tonight? Uh, we'll see. We'll see. <laughs> Let's go. No, nothing so far. <laughs> <laughs> nothing so far. <laughs> Nothing's Let the people oh, know the games are going to be on. It's not exactly a controversial topic. Exactly. Right. I've got a I've got a controversial topic for you though. It does relate to Go Australia. On. Okay. All right. Because we we got more Australian football news. Oh, do we? Okay. Cool. Mm, All we right. Have more. We have more. Jeez, this is going to be big news as well. well. This is going to be an uplate. Uh, mm, indeed. Yes. Indeed. Yes. So, in every context of the word, in every meaning of the uh, phrase. Mm. Um. So, tell me this. Tell me what you think. Twenty thirty four World Cup. Mm. Saudi Arabia wins the rights to host them by default. Congratulations yep. to Saudi Arabia. Right? All good. Um, the process for the 2034 World Cup, awarding the 2034 World Cup, happens three years earlier than planned. When the process is announced that it's going to take place, Saudi Arabia submit their application one hour after the announcement. Hey, they just happen to stumble across it, and they're, they're very efficient. Yeah. Is... <laughs> El Presidente Gianni Infantino, Sepp Blatter Mark II. Um, um, look, you can't dance around this issue. This is this. Somebody's going to look into this because this is red hot as far as I'm concerned. Because Are given we that at kind all of surprise, no, we're not. But given that context, though, that's outrageous. I mean, if you went down the street and asked football supporters, "Are you surprised Saudi Arabia a bid for this World Cup?" B got it, and see FIFA did everything they could to ensure that Saudi Arabia got it, I don't think you get many confused pundits. No, I think I think the answer will be um, no to all of them. No one will be surprised. Mm-hmm. No one would be shocked um, that Saudi were in that position, and nobody would be shocked at FIFA, sadly. Today, I feel, right? But, um, yes, nobody would be shocked, sadly, that... <laughs> that um, that FIFA would do that. 
even though we thought this is the new cleaner FIFA. So, I shouldn't laugh at that. As Nathan chuckles. As Nathan, as Nathan <laughs> chuckles. Uh, no, feel free to laugh is, at it. Feel free, I mean, feel free to laugh at it. I don't know what you know what you think yeah. where I'm applying there, but geez, I think it's I'm, just a funny situation, isn't it? Uh, well, that's one way of I, looking at it. Uh, funny, uh, ha ha, funny, and uh, not ha ha, funny. Correct. Um, you, because the other aspect is the 2030 World Cup that you give the three games to Argentina, Uruguay, and Paraguay so that Colme Bowl can't put together a bid for 2034. They're excluded. Correct. Correct. And they can't mm. actually do a bid up mm. until 2042. Mm. Yeah. I mean, you know me, Laz. I'm a skeptic by nature. I would never, I would never have put <laughs> that forward, Nathan. I, I, you skeptic, no. Me, you know, we're not skeptical or cynical at all. Or, no. um, you know, or um, we try and be diplomatic at times because there's a thing as, you know, football diplomacy, but I think we've just shot ourselves in the foot doing this podcast. Yeah, yeah. I mean, <laughs> but no. I, I, I was trying to avoid uh, getting getting a letter from someone I don't particularly want to get a letter from, but... Yeah, all jokes uh... aside. <laughs> <laughs> what, uh, from Gianni Patino saying you're hired? Mm-hmm. But, um... Yeah, that'd be nice. <laughs> <laughs> um... I wouldn't mind one from the Saudis just quietly or the pay packet. But, <laughs> oh, yeah, of course. But um, well, it's a fast track way to get to Newcastle, isn't it? I hate that the truth. <laughs> but, um, but no, in all seriousness, when things like that happen and they come to the fore, it makes you question what, you know, what, why are you as an administrator or this, you know, administrative body leaving yourself open to that kind of criticism? Because, uh, I mean, they're just obviously totally oblivious to it and they don't care because we're FIFA and we're here for the good of the game. Mm-hmm. See, the thing is, I don't inherently have a problem with the Gulf region hosting a World Cup. I don't. No, no. But when it's so blatantly obvious that FIFA have done everything in their power to ensure we get a World Cup hosted in the Gulf and everything that goes with that, given that we just had a World a- Cup in Qatar. In the Gulf. Right in the a highly controversial World Cup in Qatar. Sure, I, a great know, I World just... Great World Cup from a football perspective. Right, probably but probably the best. It's up there probably, with the best. Probably the best, but yes, controversial the nonetheless. Stuff. Off the pitch, mm-hmm. yeah, completely. And the fact that I'm red hot on it is that then the AFC are here to blame because yep. what they should have done is, and I'm not, yeah, I'm salty that Australia didn't get it. Right, but so the same region in Asia in the AFC, right gets the World Cup again when, you know, what, a matter of 12 years after mm-hmm. the AFC hosts it. We may as well move the AFC from Malaysia or wherever the – I think Malaysia, Kuala Lumpur, where the officers are, and just put it in Doha or Riyadh and just let them run the AFC, and that's it. Yep, I second that. And, look, it'll never happen, but if I was redrawing the confederations, uh, North Africa was split off with the countries in the Gulf region and East Asia merges with OFC. I'm with you. I'm with you. Vastly benefits all three, four parties. I'm with you. I'm with you. There should be an East Asian AFC. And for mine, Laz, I think if there is to be any sort of movement on the uh, redrawing of confederation lines, it sounds like we're talking North American history now. Um, (laughs) (laughs) uh, I think maybe... It's maybe a, a hope rather than expectant that the uh, 2020, what, seven Asian Cup may be the start of something if that gets awarded to uh, a West Asian country. I think at that point, maybe East Asia starts to get its uh, its 
nose out of joint, it's tail up, it's back up, whatever you want. Oh, there's news on that. Oh, I haven't seen. Saudi's hosting 2027. Okay, well, there we go then. I hadn't seen that. Mm -hmm. And look, I mean, back-to-back World Cups, now back-to-back Asian Cups, what is the AFC doing for East Asia? A big, fat donut. So what's the point of the East Asian countries being in the AFC? That's why I said may as well move the offices mm-hmm. of the AFC over to Riyadh. Well, you know, it, it's... Because, look, we weren't in necessarily in for the 27 Asian Cup, were we? No, we weren't. But surely, like, South Korea, Japan are fuming because they're not yeah. getting anything. Absolutely. Absolutely. I don't know what the outcome is going to be here because I can't necessarily see the, uh, the West Asian influence in the AFC diminishing anytime soon. So I don't know for us here on the eastern side of the Confederation, like, what are we doing? What do we do? Yeah, we just sit and wait. We just sit and wait and sit pretty, and we're just going to like it because right now that we, we haven't coming. got the clout. No, that's right. Um, look, unfortunately, what will need to happen is the east part of the Confederation will need to actually get to get together and actually try and... Um, exert some political influence within AFC. That's all that, that can happen right now. Aside from time being the friend of the East East block of the AFC, because come 2046, when, you know, the East can go for another World Cup, right? That's when they're going to have to kick up a stink and go, okay, we need it. But I've got a question for you. Just on, No, 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 before we move on. Yeah, okay. Just on that, just the, mm. running through the next sort of World Cup. So 26 is North America. 30 is this strange mix of three st- confederations. Yeah, I know that. I still still, I, still don't like it. Look, I, I, I get your point. I don't mind it. You know what I think? They should just, just yeah. stop taking the piss and just, you know, give a group to Argentina, a group to Paraguay, and a group to Uruguay, and that's it. Yeah, I don't like it. I mean, as I said 10 minutes ago, they're the only reason yeah, correct. Correct. there's games in South America 2030, so they can't bid for 34. So 34's in Asia. And you're pissed if you're Commodore. Oh, 100%. You're pissed 100%. if you're Commodore, yeah. haven't hosted a World Cup since 14. Mm, yeah. And 30, 30 doesn't count in my eyes. Three games mm. does not count. Yeah, yeah so, I agree with you. I agree And with you. obviously they're not getting 34. It's going to be 24 years plus before, no, it won't because they can't bid for 38. So 38 is going to be in North America because that's the only option. 38? Yep, 38. Yep, a bit. that sounds about right. That's the only option. Mm. And so 42... May head back to Europe, maybe South America. And so that's 42. Whichever confederation doesn't get the World Cup in 42 is probably going to get it in 46. So AFC will look at 2050, really. 2050, nice round number. Yep. Lots of lots of zeros. Lots of zeros in 2050. Well done, Johnny. Mm. Laz, what was your question? I was going to say this, Nathan. What do you think of mm. FIFA? It's either a genius move from FIFA, you know, and I'll give him this. Oh, it's going to backfire. But I think Knowing this... FIFA, it's probably going to be the latter, but go on. Well, I don't know. I don't even know what the topic of the question is. But... You'll see now. 2029, right? Yes, the, the Club uh, World Club Cup. Mm-hmm. That Australia is primarily... Wink, wink, nudge, nudge. We're bowing out for the 34 so we can get this. Yep. I think that's actually going to be better for Australia than what a actual Men's World Cup will be. No. Mm, hear no. me out. Hear me out. Hear me out. Ah, oh, No. No, no, no. So you're going to uh, have... I'm already drafting up my arguments for this debate because okay. this will be a debate. No, no, that's fine. <laughs> but hear me out, right? You're going to have, depending on the makeup, but chances are you probably have somewhere between four and six or four and eight. Don't know exactly, right? But let's call it four. 
big European clubs. No, eight. It will be eight. It will be eight. Okay, so you're going to have eight yep. big European clubs. Because it's the four Champions League winners. Mm-hmm. And then the next four teams down the coefficient list, they go to the Club World Cup. So that'll be eight, right? So you're going to have eight big European clubs, right? Won't be either of our teams. Speak for yourself. (laughs) (laughs) So you've got lofty ambitions, I tell you. (laughs) Hey, we can get onto that later. But both both my uh, Spanish team and English team will be there, I believe. But anyway. oh, yeah, oh, yeah, there we go. <laughs> um, I pay a Spanish team. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. But um, so you're going to have eight big European clubs, four South American clubs, and there's a large South American uh, diaspora here in Australia now, right? And it doesn't take much for them to come over either, right? You're going to have, you know, like you'll have the Asian clubs, so the following, right? There'll be, you know, a probably like two from East Asia and, well, actually, probably, yeah, two from East Asia and you'll probably get two from um, West Asia. No, and- it'll be one from East Asia and about six from West Asia. <laughs> <laughs> That aside, right? Yes, <laughs> you'll have a you'll have probably a couple here from Australia because the host, mm-hmm. right? I think this thing's got legs, and they, you know, and obviously they've done it as a money grab, but this thing could work out. Look, do you know, I think the Club World Cup is going to be a success? Yes, long term. Yes, I do. Yeah, so I think one day we get to the point where the Club World Cup's on the same pegging as the Champions League, perhaps higher. In the meantime, though, I do worry whether or not it's just going to be a reserve team tournament given the timing and the calendar are the big european sides going to send out their best players to come here and play football at the end of a long season also i can't see a club world cup having the same cultural impact as a men's national team world cup i don't Uh, see it different it's a bit different right it is different it's a different dynamic but i think that for a the second iteration of it right um I think it's a good opportunity for Australia to actually lay claim to host a World Cup, you know, because 2050 will be, all right, 21 years away. But, um, but, and it also won't be in this part of the world. No, but, well, it'll be in Qatar or Saudi Arabia. Oh, oh, no, no, no. no. I think, (laughs) uh, I think that's done. 2046 or 2050, (laughs) whenever AFC, it's got to be an East Asian country. It has to be. I'll hold you to it. (laughs) Well, yeah. Look, but no, but even think about it, right? Think about it. Which other player in that area is going to want to host the World Cup after Qatar and Saudi Arabia? The the only other no, one but, I can think of is UAE, right? And they would have. They haven't got now. the. They also haven't got the area to do it. They've got no, the right. land size to do it. Well, but I also put it to you: Mexico yeah. is going to host three World Cups by that time. By that time, yeah, because they've already hosted two. And they've got twenty six. Yeah, sure. Yeah. Okay. So why can't saying, Saudi Arabia yeah. host a second one? Why no. can't Qatar host a second one? Why not? No. Look, I think. Well, look, what it might have, what might happen, Nathan, is what I said earlier. That maybe you know a few weeks earlier that maybe Australia does host it and um, with in conjunction with Saudi or someone like that. You know, they spread it around the AFC that way. As a yeah, look, I, I get it, right? And yeah, I'm not a fan of it. I'd rather the a Malaysia. And you know what, FIFA have been and you, you know. El Presidente was saying, yeah, the OFC, you know, every world area needs to host the World Cup. Every confederation needs to host the World Cup. Well, where the bloody hell is New Zealand hosting a World Cup? Yep. Or Fiji, and- for that matter, right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah <exactly. laughs> or Papua New Guinea. Like, seriously. Right? Mm. So you get Australia and, you know, 
Malaysia and Singapore and New Zealand and Fiji to host the World Cup, and then happy days. Look, I don't mind that. I think, but if you're going to throw together some cobble together Saudi Arabia, Australia, Southeast Asia, South Asia, whatever country AFC World Cup, it gets a bit too close to what we're seeing for 2030 with South America getting some pity games, some sentimental games. Ah, here, here you go, that'll do, and a bit yeah. of an afterthought, bit of a you have this. So you won't complain about we're not hosting anything there. So yeah, uh, to me, it, it, I it, wouldn't like it because it's, it would feel like Australia is taking a back seat. Well, we are. Well, look, let's be honest, right? And and it's come to light that part of the requirement with Saudi is the stadium requirement can be less, but the training camp requirement is more. So FIFA have asked for seventy-two sites, seventy-two sites for training camps. Well, it'd be too much. It'd be a Hotel on a training ground. Yeah, 40, 48, true. 48 teams. So where they pull 72 from? What's the... Yeah, I don't know. What's the math so, on that? Well, well, obviously, you know, it's 48 plus 24. Yeah, where's the 24? I don't know what that... You know, I don't know what the actual... You know, I don't know what the actual logic is behind that, to be honest, but I did see that reported and I thought, why would you have 72 camps? Wouldn't 48 be enough? Like if the Women's World Cup. There were there were like the one that's just passed. There were only the thirty two camps mm. between Australia and New Zealand. Yeah. There weren't forty eight. Yeah, like every country you know, had a hotel yeah. and a training camp. Yeah, correct. Yeah. Why so, do you need more than that? Is no idea. The question. But um, once again, like we said to Football Queensland, hey, come and explain. Hey, Gianni, you want to know, Gianni, El Presidente, <laughs> open invitation. <laughs> Might get lost in the mail that one. <laughs> <laughs> somehow I think somehow I think you're right, but you know what. Yeah, I might hit him up on LinkedIn. We'll see what he says. Today, I feel like going on the back peg. <laughs> <laughs> Anyhow. What a glorious day that would be. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, as you were saying, before we got sidetracked again. Yes, sorry. It's up late, so, you know, it happens. Yeah, it's uh, going to be up early at this rate. <laughs> <laughs> hey, we haven't even left these shores yet. I know, I know, geez. We got more too. I know. Well, go on, you were saying. Well, you were about to ask something. I was talking about the Club World Cup. Yep, yep. Yeah, that's right. You were about and to ask something on that. Look, I appreciate that it's going to be a great tournament. It's a good idea in principle, mm-hmm. provided you can work out the uh, the logistics and the mm. fixture load on the players. These sorts, of, these sorts of things need to be ironed out. Mm. It can't just be plonked into the calendar once every four years without mm-hmm. any considerations because mm-hmm. that won't work. Teams will send B-sides. Mm-hmm. And you can't go into the down the road of finding clubs for not fielding a strong enough team. That doesn't work either. Correct. Um, but I think it's too soon to really have that fanfare about it. it it's still in the novelty yeah. area for mine. Yep. And yep. it won't emerge from that for two decades, I think. I think we need to see what the first one looks like. And Look, then we'll I'm glad we're not hosting the first one. I wouldn't yeah, want to host the same, first one. Same. Same. But good luck, US. But look, they've got the population for it. It'll be a smashing success. I've got no doubt about that, Nath. Yeah, I'm sure. Yeah. I'm sure. Les, shall we change tact? Yes. Let's go. Because the other piece of Australian football news this week is mm. the uh, the squad for the next games for mm-hmm. the national team. Yes. Uh, it got announced uh, Thursday, I believe. Yes, it did. Yes. Yesterday. Hmm. As we record. Thursday is still yesterday. Not for long, but it was yesterday. <laughs> As we record. <laughs> And there's a few surprises in here, actually. There are, actually, yes. Uh, I think... Uh, what took your fancy? Well, I was... Uh, look, we look at these things from the top down, and I was reading sure. and I saw Ashley Maynard Brewer mm-hmm. in amongst the goalkeepers. Mm-hmm. Nice to see. 
and these games against Bangladesh and Palestine are yes. good opportunities to uh, test some players out, albeit right. it is the last window before the Asian Cup. So you you got to find that balance somewhere. And their World Cup qualifiers and AFC, the next iteration of uh, the AFC Cup qualifiers as well. That they are. Mm. So, I mean, if Australia don't win every game, it'll be a little bit of a disappointment, to be honest, like with the group. No well, disrespect intended to those teams, but correct. there is an expected golfing quality between Australia and the other sides in this group. Mm-hmm. Agreed. Um, I think it's very interesting to see no Iran Kunda in this side. Yes. Because I think these sorts of games are a great opportunity to uh, cap him and lock him in. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Because uh, for those who don't know, the rule is you need to make three competitive appearances mm-hmm. for one country, then you are locked in. Yeah, it wasn't. And these games be, count. It used to be one, but now it's three, yeah. Mm, yeah, so against Bangladesh, against Palestine, that's an opportunity to get two out of three on the board. Hey, next time the window comes around and he's still up for it, sure. Mm. Even still, even if he's even if Nestor Irunkunda is not sure, maybe he wants to play for Tanzania, maybe he wants to play for Burundi if he's eligible, I think he mm. might be. Mm. Um, look, two games for Australia is not going to close any doors to him. No, that's true. So, I mean, we all want him to play for Australia. Of course we do. Yep. But, look, if he's got his heart and his allegiance elsewhere, then two games for the Socceroos doesn't do anything. He's only a young kid. So. That he is. Yeah. That he is. And he's got a long way to go. Yep, indeed. Um, So, in his place, which I'm a little bit surprised we don't see Nestor in here, but Sammy Silvera, who's mm-hmm. settling in quite well at Borough. Yes. And uh, Cassini Engi is the yes. uh, the left field option. That was a surprise. Mm. He's done pretty well at uh, Pompey, Pompey, Portsmouth, anyway. Portsmouth, yep, Pompey. Yep, Pompey. Pompey, and, was, uh, Pompey was the uh, ancient Roman uh, town that got burned, I think. Not that yeah, much. it's... Uh, Nero was a, playing uh, his fiddle. Mm, a uh, well-recognised institution that uh, burnt to the ground and became unrecognisable. Yeah, both fit. <laughs> <laughs> oh, dear, oh, dear. <laughs> Yep, Nathan. Yeah, well, point well made. Mark one for Nathan. Ah, <laughs> uh, look, I Nathan, think it's a good Nathan one FIFA nil. Anyway, let's go. <laughs> uh, look, I think it's a good opportunity, as I say, to test players, mm-hmm. to bring them into the camp, get them involved and set up. Mm-hmm. And there's no pressure on these games, realistically. Yes, there is. So it's a good opportunity. Don't I, say I, there isn't. There is. I don't think there is. No, hang on. There is. There's expectation, but there's not pressure. I, um, I think they're two well, very different Okay, things. no, you're right there. No, I'll, I'll concede that point. You're right. There's expectation. If mm. the expectations aren't met, then there'll be pressure. I agree. I agree with you there. But I, I, I look, and it's not a matter of being complacent. This team should win this group. Um, and my expectation is that they actually should be undefeated in this group. Look, I'm sitting somewhere in the region of an aggregate score of 16 nil. Mm. Maybe twenty nil mm. over the um, six games. Six games. Yeah. No, I, I agree with you. I agree with you. Like, if we're taking these games seriously, as we should, and we're not underestimating the other countries in this group, mm-hmm. then the soccer should not concede a goal. No, I mean, and these. You're right, Nathan. We've got to really. These next two games are our only games before the next before the Asian Cup. Mm. So it's got to be, you know, comprehensive and not necessarily entertaining, but it sh- there should be. A really, you know, two really good performances. Yes, the Palestine one's tricky because they're playing in Kuwait. There won't be much of a crowd. Uh, maybe there. I don't know. Right. So, oh, but the soccer is used to playing in Kuwait. We yeah, played all our home say, games we've for played, the we've World Cup in, in Kuwait for you know. It's mm. not uncommon. It's it's like a second home at this point. Yeah, it's not unknown territory to them. So yeah, 
No, and I think also these games, as much as it is more for interior reasons than exterior, but these two matches are an opportunity to send a message to Japan, Korea, Saudi, Iran, saying we're here, we want to win this tournament. We want to win in January. We want to take the whole thing out. We're here, we're ready to go. We are, based off the last International World Cup, one of the 16 best teams in the world football. Don't discount Qatar. Okay, I won't. I won't. Good point. Uh, look, I, I know they had a poor World Cup, right? So mm-hmm. they'd want to make amends. And look, they're somewhat comfortable. You know, they're somewhat. I mean, they're the defending AFC champions. They are. They are. That they are. But the point is, the soccerers need to send a message. Oh, I agree with you. I agree with you. And there's it an opportunity to, to do it here. It needs to be comprehensive. Mm-hmm. Need to, you know, you're right. You know, fire shots across the bow. Mm. So because the soccerers are here to party. Let's I hope think so. also. Let's hope so. I, look, no Garang. In the squad, mm. it's not a bad thing. I think it's a good thing actually for Garang. Uh, the other one's probably uh, Alex Robertson missing out. Yeah, look, again, not a bad thing. He's got a future in front of him. So you're talking about two very young players there, and Nestry and th- you know, three very young players, and Volpato for that matter. Mm. Mm. Yeah. Given that Arnie said that he was able to turn him recently, well, that's right. So I'm surprised he's not in this squad then. For the I'm same not. reasons I say about Nestry, that yeah, yeah. if if you want to go to all this effort to try and get him to pledge his allegiance to Australia, look, get the, him in the squad and cap him. The Italy door's closed by the look of things. So, you know, it's a matter of when we when we call Valpardo, that he'll be, you know, he'll be available to play. So, but, you know, you've you got to watch this space. So let's just wait and see what happens on that front. But look, you, mm. the future does look bright. Some I think it does. Yeah, the future does look bright. You know, There's not, so many good kids kicking around yeah. in Australian football. And, and you're not going to have, okay, you're not going to have all these players playing the Premier League, but you are going to have... You don't need to. You don't need to. No, European mm. football is, you know, at a decent level. It's great. International football is a different beast compared to club football. So, yeah, as long as they're playing at a decent level, week in, week out, or training at a decent, you know, at decent clubs, you know. So, like, I remember, I recall Zelko Kalitz when he was training at AC Milan, he was the third keeper, but... He was in, you know, Serie A was a strong competition then you know, Champions League finals and all that kind of stuff for AC Milan back then. So, you know, he was up against very, very stiff competition and he was training with uh, some of the best players in the world, like the Kaka and all those types from um, from that era. So, yeah, for sure. Mm. Do you have any concerns over the squad, Lars? No, I don't. I think it's a good squad. Yeah. Yeah, I think it's a good squad. Arnie knows he's 11. I think he does. Yeah. Which is a big thing. And you can argue about the, some of the players in some of the positions, maybe, but I think it is a good thing, as you say, that there is a settled, a settled 11. And uh, I think that does bode well. Given that this team have been together for so long, now the core of it, and they've had that World Cup experience, now they're taking it into Asian, into the Asian Cup. Mm. I think, yeah, as we've said on a previous pod, the Socceroos, there's no reason why the Socceroos can't win this tournament. No, I agree with you. Look, the only reason is if the opposition is too good on the day at the back end of the tournament we like the likes of Japan who are a very good team and Korea are a great you know a good team the if Australia make the final four I think it's job done I think so I, I think, think so. I think it's job done because any one of those uh, Iran Saudi Arabia you know Australia Japan Korea. South Korea mm-hmm. any one of those five can take this thing out throwing yep. Qatar I think throwing Qatar because they're the defending uh, champions and the host but they're an outsider right I think those five, you, the winner comes from those five. And I think they're all on a relatively level peaking as well. Yes, Japan might be the best of those five, but I don't think the gap's that big. Saudi Arabia, and, Saudi Arabia is scary because of Mancini as well. 
and he's mm. and he's tech, you know, tactical mouse, you know, and having won the last Euro. Um, so yeah, it'll uh, it'll be interesting to see how all that plays out. Yeah, very much so. There's also the forgotten man in Australian football and Socceroos scene. He hasn't been spoken about for some time, and that is uh, one Jason Cummings. Mm. Yeah, out of sight, out of mind, isn't it? Really, completely. Yeah, because of uh, having gone to the Indian Super League. Yeah, I mean, it was a, a very good season for him last, and come the A-League Grand Final, the next morning, off he goes to uh, India and out of the spotlight very quickly. Mm. Um, but I think he did retire as well from international football, if I'm not mistaken. Oh, okay. I believe so. I may be wrong. Okay, I hadn't seen that. Yeah. If he has. Um, because oh, I was going to say, we I don't do think there's him. a reason we can, that... He... We could do with him. We could. Mm. I also don't know if there's going to be a whole lot of interest for Jason Cummings to put on a soccer shirt again, on again, because he got himself to walk up. He got on the pitch to walk up. That would have been the motivation to switch from Scotland to Australia. Beyond appearing in a World Cup, is there motivation to appear in an Asian Cup? I don't know. You have to ask him. You, you would have to ask him, but you know what? Um, I think if you're a player, you want to play at the highest possible level in the tournament. So the next best tournament that you can play at is the AFC Asian Cup. So mm. why not go for it? That's why I was surprised. But I think that uh, when he made the India move, that um, he retired from international football at that point. Something I seem to recall something like that anyway. Okay, fair enough. Laz, I think we are done for Australian football news for this week, unless you've got something else. Not at all. Not at all. Ready to move abroad. In and... more than one way. <laughs> I was going to say in more than one way. <laughs> Maybe. I don't know. It depends <laughs> on the pay packet. <laughs> Uh, look, I mean, I was ha- very happy to start on Australian football and because uh, it's, it's, it's been a bit of a rough week for uh, our English teams in Europe. Yes. Yeah, look, Dortmund were way too good for uh, for Newcastle. Newcastle, um, too many injuries. I mean, And the fact yeah. that they've been able to get the results that they have lately with those injuries um, is a credit to Eddie Howe and the team, right? Um, but and too many injuries and long-term injuries and injuries that aren't like hamstrings or things like that. It's just really, really weird injuries, um, mm. you know. So like Dan Byrne falling on his spine from a header. Um, it happens, right? But, you know, he's a tall man and obviously he's out. Matt Target Matt, Matt Target was an issue because that was a hamstring. But, you know, Jacob Murphy dislocated shoulder. <laughs> the list goes on and on. So, yeah, look, good in the Premier League, good in the um, League Cup, but... Um, yeah, Champions League left a bit to be desired, but I was happy with the result last weekend in the Premier League. Yes, as was I just about. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, yeah, yeah, I mean... With the, we all, yeah, okay, let's... Look, we we can talk about your mob if you like, right, in the Premier League. Um, they did, they, did they get too they, much airtime. No, they did what they had to do. Yes. They were the better team. I think against the four. goal that McTominay scored but didn't count should have stood... Mm. I agree with you there, actually. I and, agree with you. And uh, I think there's been a lot of 50-50 goals that have gone against Manchester United in oh. recent weeks. Yep. I think the Rashford red card is one of those. In the Champions League? In the Champions League. Okay. Yeah. He's got himself to blame, though, Nathan. He's, made, he's allowed the referee to make a decision on that. Yes, he has. But also, he's got no idea where the players' legs are. He's not. No. Yeah, sure. He's just trying to get himself between the opposition playing the ball. Understand? There's no intent. No, understand. I say in the Premier League, that's a yellow. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. But you know what? In the Premier League, it would get looked at as a possible red. Mm. It might not be given, but it would get looked at. 
it would get looked at. Yeah. Like right. I mean, um, yeah, but um, I, I'll tell you what, I was filthy on par in the Premier League. I think Kai Havertz should have been off against uh, Newcastle. Yeah, I think he should have been. I, th- I think that's a, that was a red all day. I don't know why that wasn't given a red. And uh, was it Bruno Gimaraes? Bruno should have gotten a red too. He was walking the line. He, he's walking the line, and I've noticed that lately, right? But mm. um, uh, to be fair, that should have been a red. You can't do that. You can get away with it, you know, at other levels of football, but not when there's like thirty cameras around. You can't. Yeah. Do, you can't do that. I mean, look. Yes, it work, looks worse than slow mo, but you've gone after the guy. Right. You have. And it's not in the it, look, like the ball's away from you. Like it's different if you're, you know, the ball's there and you kind of reach out and do it, right? But not no, that's that's not on. But however, Havertz should have been sent off. I think and, and the fact is mm. Havertz cops a yellow, Newcastle United cop three yellows from that incident. Yeah, exactly. Where's the like and because they're protecting, you know, they're protecting the player, not because they're actually, you know, they're uh, like their their interest is in the well being and the welfare of the player, and that's what they're they're remonstrating about. Yes, respect to the referees completely. Did they swear? I don't think you have to swear to get. No, I know that. No, exactly. But you know, you don't. But I would say if they did, sure, right. Mm. But if they're just saying, "Come on, you know, like ref, have a look at it. What is this about?" Right. It's not as if they actually did the gesture of, "Hey, can you hand him a card?" Not one of those players did. Not one of those three players that got got booked actually remonstrated to like with the hey I'm flash flash the card. Yeah, they don't like that anymore, and they also don't like the uh, right. the TV signal as well for VAR. Sure, although there was a goal celebration from Real Madrid in the Champions League, which I loved. <laughs> that was the best. That was the best celebration. That was the best celebration. Uh, for, you know, but we'll get to that in a minute. But mm. um, but yeah. Um, Havertz should have been sent off. So Havertz uh, survives or stays on the pitch, and three players are walking the the line. Yeah, I mean, All because of an incident that he caused. And it was such a big weekend in the Premier League for referees. And I don't like talking about referees. No, no. Let's talk about the game though. I know. Look, I know, there's other games that you can talk about, but Newcastle Arsenal was a yeah. drag him down, knock him out. Affair. It was. That was hard. It was. That was so enjoyable. It was so enjoyable. It was I'm, just... I'm sure. I'm sure. No, no, no. no, 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 no forget the result. No, no, forget the result. <laughs> just forget the result for a second. But from a actual game of football, it just had you on the edge. But it was just tough, tough mm. football, and it was just great to see. It wasn't yeah pretty football at all. Even though both teams can play it, both teams can play possession, both teams can right. Um, it was just a great, great game. And look, the um, credit to Newcastle for winning it because Joe Willick played till the you know played the whistle right, played the whistle, showed the urgency, got oh, into position. You know, the goal shouldn't have stood. No, look at the, at the first sight when I saw it, I thought it was fair. The ball was in. Joel Linton is. I'm one. saying the ball was in. Yeah, Joel Linton was the the one. I saw a shot from a camera. I mean, VAR isn't going to see it, right? But you know, they they still. But, I can understand why the goal was given because Gabriel was soft. He actually tried to lunge and, you know, you've got to make sure of it. You've got to clear your line. Like, you know, cop That's the not a re- That doesn't mean he can be fouled. No, he can't be fouled. But, and th- look, it was a foul. I'm not going to say it wasn't. Mm. But Gordon wasn't and offside. Look, the, yeah, that one, that one was 50 50. Like two, two, of the three, two, of the, two of the three were fine. When you look at the angle that they look at for VAR for mm. Joel Linton, 
I don't have an issue with it from that angle. It was a few days later that I saw the double hands. Yeah, so one from behind right. the goals with yeah, the two hands on the back. Yeah, like that's yeah. a that's, that's a stonewall foul. But I didn't see that. You didn't like mm. nobody would have saw that. You know what I mean at the time. Yeah. So on that basis, you go. You know what, mate? Prime, prime face. That looks soft from Gabriel. And Mikel Arteta went absolutely ballistic after the game. Where's his fine? Where's his where fine? Where is his fine? Where is his, where, fine? Where is his fine? Because that's and a disgrace. And that, Arsenal is a, yeah. Arsenal needs to pull their heading. They shouldn't have back. Like they shouldn't have released that statement. That statement is a joke. It is a joke. That goals. I've got respect like, for Arsenal. I love well, Arsenal supporters, but like mates of mine are. But that I'm sorry that uh, like the, the club Arsenal should not have released that statement afterwards. There's no call for it. That statement is an absolute piss take. I agree with you, Nathan. The fact that they have backed Arteta in that sense and not pulled him aside and just say, hey, look, I mean, the goals are a bit controversial, but it's 50-50 calls. Like, it's not that big a deal. Ridiculous. Absolutely ridiculous. And we always talk about Ange. Yep. But he said he had the perfect response right. after the Tottenham-Chelsea game, talking about referees and respect for officials and their Ange- understanding of the game has never been lower. Ange He's handled- on the money, as always. Ange handled that. Unbelievably well. It is night and day between the two managers. Unbelievably well. And look, Arteta's comments, the guy can share his opinions, sure. But to that extent, no, definitely not. Because all it does, it fuels conspiracies. Yep, correct. It fuels negativity. Correct. And it completely undermines the officials. I think this is the start of the unraveling of Arteta. Ooh, okay. Because this is going to be... When I say the start, it's a minor step, but it's a start because this is a seminal moment in the sense that the cl- so the club have decided to invest in the, him emotionally as much as what he's invested, right? Likewise, the supporters. But the fact is that at one point, that emotional involvement or attachment is going to stop. They're going to say, hey, you went too far, right? They didn't do it on this occasion. I don't think there'll be... Too many more occasions where this will where this will happen, you know, where this will happen, and and the club will do a st- you know prepare a statement. Or um, I think it's if he doesn't learn the lesson that he can't get so wound up about it, right? It's not going to serve him history. well. Yeah, it's not going to serve him well. And th- I think this is the start of it. Like this has you know this is the issue. Like so, the club has come out and said, hey, you know, our manager's right, and words to that effect, right? And that um, refereeing. You know, we haven't got the best referees and that we will support the referees, but we haven't got the best referees. So we'll make every move, you know, effort to help them get better. What are you saying? That's not only what he said, though. No, no, no. But said, I'm, I'm, no, no. But that's like, what the club is saying. Mm, right. What does that even mean? Like well, Exactly. Exactly. Like, you tell managers me. shouldn't have an impact on what referees are doing. No. The referees need to look after themselves and yes, realise that and they officiate the game as best as they can to the best of their ability and with the resources that they have. Look, IFAB doesn't do them any favours, but still, you can't be going out and lambasting referees every week. And Arteta has a, a track record of this, of going yep. absolutely ballistic on the sideline. Correct. And that's the issue. Like That's why I said that this is where the start of the unravelling will happen. Mm. It's very gradual, but it's, yeah. And he's not the only one as well. Like Jurgen Klopp always does it. Antonio Conte always did it. Joseph Bruno does it too. Yeah, but Klopp is different. Okay, and Liverpool justifiably could send out a statement because there was evidence that they were wronged. In this case here, the VAR looked at three... They looked at every potential reason not to give the goal. Mm. The fact is, is that... No, who went out to to Mark Willock or to go get Willock? 
His first name is Joe, not Mark. No, no, no. Sorry, <laughs> you know what I mean. But who went out to actually go and 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 and, and prevent Joe Willock from actually crossing that ball in? Yeah. Not one. Nobody. 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 So you deserve what you got. They all stopped. They all stopped. Like, right. This is under five stuff. Play to the whistle. Correct. So. So you can't tell me that VAR didn't do all they could to actually try and not give the goal. Mm. They tried. They tried yeah, not the triple, to give the, the goal. The, the triple negative has tri- tripped me up here. You can't deny that oh, the sorry, VAR uh, you know, didn't that, do everything in the power to not they, give yeah, the goal. So, yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah, exactly right. So, exactly right. So VAR. <laughs> I've taken the same approach as VAR there. <laughs> but you're right. You are right. And look, I've got nothing much more to add, to be honest. Arteta yeah. shouldn't have said what he said. The goal, I wouldn't. Like, look, if they ruled that goal out for the foul or if the ball was out, I can't imagine you'd be coming on here ranting and raving about how Newcastle been robbed. Like, it's one of them. It's it's it, one of them. Look, it's Arsenal's fault they didn't play to the whistle. Yeah. Right? The ball was deemed in, crossed it. Okay, the foul, like I said, I, having said at the time, I didn't think it was. When I seen that photo a few days later, then, yes, offside, not offside for mine. Yeah, too hard right? to tell. So, um, but... I'll tell you what, I uh, enjoyed the first 15 minutes of Spurs-Chelsea. So did I. I mean, I enjoyed the first half. Spurs should have had three on them. They should have. They right. absolutely should have. Be- be- you know, and so. Look, I said I enjoyed the first I enjoyed the first half. Partly, I enjoyed the first half. In that, right. there's a lot of drama. But again, it's just VAR. Oh, man, like, there was nothing really controversial in terms of a refereeing decision in that Chelsea-Tottenham game. But the amount of times they went to the monitor or just having VR checks... And the amount of time each check took, it's just ridiculous. It is just ridiculous. Mm. It's too much. It's way too much. And for mine, I always had the concern of a VAR, whether it would work in football, because football's a low-scoring game by nature. And there's a lot The of... average score in football is 1-1. And there's a lot of grey. support. There's a lot, <laughs> a lot of grey area. The only objective thing in football is whether or not the ball crosses the line, and which we saw in Newcastle <laughs> Arsenal. That's uh, up for debate too. <laughs> but the average score in football is 1-1. And if you're a supporter of a particular club, you get one chance to celebrate a goal a week. Don't erode away the emotion of the game. And that's what I think VR has done. Mm. I think we need to go back to, yeah, look, I'm all for um, benefit of the doubt to go to the attacking team, get rid of VR. I'm, I want rid of it. Yeah, we, we don't need it. We don't need no. it. The game was fine as it was. There's no need for us to be right. It's, look, you accept the referee's call, just get on with it. Yeah. I mean, you know, I, I don't mind the... One thing that they have done with regard to refereeing and the, is the time added on. Keep it up. If people are going to, you know, take their time with substitutions, um, you know, if there's going to be VAR delays, if there's going to be, um, you know, diving and those kind of things and feigning injury, well, you know what? Add to the time. Bugger it. Get on with it. Yeah. Right? I'm all for it. So, um, but what did you make of the uh, high line that uh, Ange played with nine men? I thought that was brilliant. Oh, fantastic. And, and look, particularly his comments after as well. It's who we are, mate. Yeah. The score... Even down to five men, we'll let uh, go. Well, somebody <laughs> needs to tell him the rules. He can only play with seven. <laughs> yes. <laughs> but, uh, who am I to tell Lance's rules? But um, <laughs> the. Um, but uh, good luck to him. Good luck to him. Um, the I'll tell you what, though, it was a commendable effort for nine men for so long. It was. And Son, he probably should have scored that to make it 2 2. Dyer was close with the, I mean, it was Dyer, disallowed, yes. but you know. Look, and it took Chelsea, what, like 40 minutes to work out that if you run from deep, you're going to beat the offside line. <laughs> yeah, I know. 
It's ridiculous. The eighty fifth minute, right? Yeah, and then they it's then all they that long to work it out. And, and they go and make the score for four one, and you know want to rant and rave about it and go, "Oh, how good is that?" <laughs> spare <laughs> me the spare me the rubbish, right? Look, Chelsea look, fans. Jackson's, he, no, but yeah. no, no, seriously, Chelsea fans. You, I was going to say get a grip, but it sounds like you have been getting a grip, right? <laughs> Honestly. <laughs> Right, get over yourselves. See, I like. Oh. Uh, look, I mean, if Spurs, Jackson, were, if Spurs were eleven on eleven, sorry, if Spurs were eleven on eleven, that score line would have been three. The reverse. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. Oh, yeah. I got no doubt on that. But and you're talking about yeah. Jackson. Yes, I was. And look, the guys had a, a pretty rough start to life in England, and hey, the, the, the boys got confidence, and the boys happy to celebrate. Can't can't knock that. But Sorry. that's probably the worst hat trick and the worst performance for a hat trick scoring player I think I will ever see. Yeah. And uh, the fact that after the hat trick he goes and sues in front of the Chelsea fans, <laughs> I was just I was cracking up. I was laughing so much. <laughs> uh, oh, <laughs> yeah. I can't. Yeah, you're right. And look. If, if I were him, <laughs> if I were him, I think I would have taken the match ball and like not smiled and just well, like, yeah, okay, just be really, hey, you know, I did it against nine men. What I should be doing this, not that's the thing, he doesn't care, yeah, not, and nor should he not, care. Fuck, how good was that? Like, how good am I? Yeah. Look, I just, you know, <laughs> please, you know, it reminds me of the guy that in South Africa, in the South Africa league that won the man of the match. I don't know if you've seen this meme, and he got a um giant sim card. <laughs> I have seen that. <laughs> oh, his face. That's the kind of face that Jackson should have had. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Uh, yep. Seriously. <laughs> anyway. But um, yeah. Should should we go to Europe? Build the Champions uh, League. I got uh, something else for you, Les. Okay, let's go. Oh, hang Hell. on. Hang on. Wait, 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 mm. One thing we didn't mention. Mm. Bayern no. Munich. Mm. Bayern, Bayern Munich against Dortmund at Dortmund yep. last weekend. And we're saying how close it is. Yeah. Based on that scoreline, four 0 away, so Bayern Munich away to Dortmund, winning 4-0. This ain't close. But, no. uh, you know, and um, the only um, one Dortmund, I'll be watching is Bay Leverkusen. Dortmund have a mental block when it comes to Bayern. <laughs> Obviously. They, they do. They play but, so different against Bayern I, I against, can't, compared to how they line up in every other match. You, you cannot be a serious contender for the title and lose 4-0 at home. You can't. I mean, as uh, one famous football manager once said, I'd rather lose 4-0 once than lose four games 1-0. <laughs> That's right. But um, full credit to Xavi Alonso at the moment and Bayer Leverkusen. Absolutely. He's made it a three-horse Lying. race. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, he's made it a two-horse race, I think. Not a two-horse race because Dortmund shot themselves in the foot again. <laughs> <laughs> Isn't Bellingham glad he left? Anyway. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yes, he is. Yes, he is. Laz, how would you mind being in the company of Pep Guardiola, Jurgen Klopp, and Antonio Conte in terms of managerial achievements? Uh, not bad. Uh, not bad. I'd probably leave Conte out, but that's all right. I'll be happy with Klopp and Guardiola. There's uh, breaking news. Yes. Uh, whilst we're still in English football for the, okay. the time being, not for much longer. Mm-hmm. Uh, Ange has won the Premier League Manager of the Month for October. Well deserved. Well deserved. He's won October... August, September, September and August. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. He's the first person ever to win the first three Manager of the Months in the season. Mm. No one's ever done that before. The first three to start the campaign. Yeah. And uh, yes, Ange joins Pep, Jürgen, Antonio as he only managed to win the award three times in a row. Brilliant. Not bad. Brilliant. And if, um, uh, yeah, and if... He won't win it for No, if the Spurs players didn't lose their heads, he, could, he was on his way to a fourth. Yes. 
That he was. Because those two sending offs were just brain explosions. Your doggy probably should have gone the first half. Yep. Well, the Romero, first, yeah. Was, yeah. Oh, Romero was very close to going earlier yeah. as well. Yeah. Yeah. But anyway, anyway, we shall move on. Indeed. You want to go to Europe? Yeah, Champions League or Europe, you know, Europa League. Um, but let's go Champions League. We talked about Newcastle, unfortunately. <laughs> <laughs> we talked about, um, well, maybe, well, maybe not, Nathan. Maybe, maybe not, not yeah, for maybe Manchester not. United. You know. <laughs> um, and maybe not for Newcastle either, but I don't know. That's an interesting group mm. of the group of death, 7654. Mm-hmm. Placed. Um, group of death, it sounds like you're counting down. Mm. Well, that's right. So, but um, yeah, we took, we touched on Newcastle versus or Dortmund versus Newcastle, but um, Atletico Madrid and Celtic. Yeah, six nil. That's ugly. That is and ugly. Yes, I know. Celtic got a red card after twenty five minutes. No, but still. But still, still. No, shocking. And it was two nil when they and it was two nil when they got the red. Yeah, like they weren't coming back anyway. No, they're probably going to concede three or four. Eleven v eleven. But look again, Brendan Rodgers in Europe. The guy's got a horrendous record. Mm. Brennan Rogers in the Champions League and the Europa League. Yep, not great. Quite possibly has the worst record of any manager ever. Yep. But some of the performances that Brennan Rogers has been overseeing in the Champions League have Wikipedia pages Oof. based on them. Yeah, not great. Not great at all. Talking about that one between Celtic and the team from Gibraltar, wasn't it? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that wasn't good. <laughs> I forgot about it. Yeah, yeah. They made a Wikipedia page off the back of that game. <laughs> And, uh, yeah, they're going to finish bottom of the group, Celtic, again, most likely. And the thing is, this Celtic team probably can make a decent shake of the Europa League, but they just can't match it with any of these Champions League teams. No, and they can't. They can't. Look, they're so much worse this season than they were last. And look, they're probably going to still go on with the league because Rangers are a basket case. But, yeah, they're in a bit of a lull at the moment. And I don't think the Celtic supporters are too happy. No, no. Um no, that's true. And I don't blame them either. I don't blame them because it wasn't a great performance at all, really, if you think about it. It was terrible. It was terrible, actually. Mm. Ter- terrible. Um, I mentioned it earlier, but Real Madrid uh, and Brahim Diaz and his goal ce- celebration, that that was a highlight of the week for me. That was just brilliant. Yep, beautiful. <laughs> uh, I mean, just watch. I mean, it's a great, it's a good goal, but just watch it because it's uh, brilliant. Um, but uh, good performance and no Bellingham scoring. Oh. This one. <laughs> yeah, well, listen, it's noteworthy, right? No, when is noteworthy that your midfielder doesn't score a goal? You know you're having a good season, isn't but, it? Uh, I think, uh, although Granada are on top in Spain, mm. Real Madrid uh, did draw on the weekend, last weekend. So uh, Girona in first, two points clear of Real. But, uh, yeah, we just need to wait for um, for Girona to slip up and Real will just slip in there and it'll be business as usual there. I'm sure, I'm sure. Yes, but um, I want to take you to Italy. Go on. Uh, do you know, this is my highlight of the weekend coming up, actually. Mm-hmm. The derby in Italy this weekend, the capital derby. Yes. Right. Lazio Roma. Lazio Roma. Shots have been fired. By uh, what sort of shots? You'll need to uh, specify that. So what's happened is that, um, so Sari has, decided, has uh, commented on, Roma's win in the Europa League, saying this. Uh, he's described Roma's Europa League performance or game against Slavia Prague as a friendly. <laughs> yep. Uh, Mourinho responds with, in the press conference, maybe it's the difference between a coach with 26 titles and another who's only won a few. 
Yeah. He bites back, Jose. Jose doesn't hold back. Yeah. <laughs> Respect. Yes. <laughs> oh, yes. 26. Mm-hmm. And, yes, he'll be looking to uh, add to that. Mm. I don't know if he's likely to win the league this season. Probably not, but maybe he might a, pick up a maybe, cup. Maybe a cup. Maybe a Coppa Italia or, uh, mm. or the Europa League itself. Who knows? But, um, yes, it'll be watch the space for the Derby della Capitale because it's... Uh, both teams are uh, a bit behind the pace in the Serie A, but uh, let's wait and see what happens there. Yeah. Let's show we do a bit of rapid fire. Let's go for it. Because, uh, I mean, I want to swing back to England, but not okay. the Premier League. All right. Okay. I want to go to South America at one point as well, but let's go. Yes. Yes, we do need to talk about that. And uh, I want to talk MLS too later on, but uh, for now, okay, I want to so ask you this quote. This is going to be up ask- early. <laughs> this is going to be up early because I've got something else planned for later on too. <laughs> awesome. Let's go. So well, rapid the fire. Back, the backpack listeners are getting full value for, uh, for their <laughs> subscription to the podcast. Uh, so the chairman of the EFL mm-hmm. was talking this week, mm-hmm. uh, Rick Parry, mm-hmm. and uh, he says that the EFL has done some research. Mm-hmm. And uh, his findings and the EFL's findings mm-hmm. are that... They have seen no evidence mm-hmm. that gambling sponsorship leads to an increase in gambling. Okay. So why would gambling... It's a bit of a bold move. Why would gambling companies invest in sponsorship if they didn't think that that would be the case? You've got the chairman of the EFL coming out and saying that advertising doesn't work. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. <laughs> that's what I'm querying. Like, this right away, that's where I'm <laughs> when I'm like, hey, what's he saying here? <laughs> He's saying that advertising doesn't work. <laughs> Um, yeah, do you, yeah, oh, you've got me on this one. I'm really stunned (laughs) and speechless. I don't know. He was better off just saying, listen, you know, our clubs need, uh, the, uh, you know, the sponsors of, uh, gambling companies, you know, the sponsorships from gambling companies in order to survive. Which is true. Which, yes, it's unfortunate. It's not Mm, great. Of course. But to actually contend that that's the case is just, um, yeah. Because the EFL are under pressure at the moment because the Premier League are following through with them taking betting companies off their front of shirt sponsorships. Still going to be allowed on the sleeves and the back and wherever else, but that's a debate for another day. So the EFL is under pressure to follow suit. If, so they, if, if, question. if the EFL do that, you'll have some clubs lined up for, you know, going into voluntary administration very quickly and we'd have Kieran yes. McGuire on here. Yes, yes, we would. But uh, yeah, as a rebuttal to that to come out and say that... Uh, Advertising doesn't work is uh, certainly one way to go about it. Yeah, so don't sponsor a club. Mm. Yeah, there's no point. (laughs) Why would you ever sponsor a football club? Clearly it doesn't work. work. (laughs) Uh, Uh, Yes. And this guy runs the the second tier of English football. Or actually, he runs runs the the league, the leagues, the three tiers behind uh, the Premier Mm -hmm. League. Yes. Oh, my Lord. Oh, my days. (laughs) Seriously. (laughs) How is... How is this guy? Anyway, sorry. I think I'll the hold. Scratcher. I think I'll hold fire. <laughs> uh, we should mention that some there were some very very interesting FA Cup results as well last weekend. The first round. Yes, there was. And one in one particular. In particular. <laughs> yeah. Ouch! Ah, and I haven't got in wind. touch. And I haven't got in touch with Clem. And I think I'm going to steer clear of that one because mm. if I were him, I wouldn't want to speak to anyone either. No, they were seven nil down to a National League team, Swindon. They pulled it back to seven four. I wouldn't say that's respectable. And not the national like like there were a national league, not national league. I think it was national league. Um, couple of tiers down in the national league. Oh, I think. Oh, was it too? Wow. Okay. Yeah. Even worse. 
yeah, I think it was like one D, one tier, like I say, not I think it was either a north or south team. So not the National League itself. Mm. I was standing a bit corrected, but yeah, it wasn't good. Were, there was plenty of uh, disgruntled Swindon fans going around. Yep, wasn't good. And uh, I've been hearing some uh, club out chants and things yeah. of that nature. So uh, it's a bit of a mess for uh, the need sorting out. Yep, indeed, indeed. Yeah, there's one man who can fix it. That's for sure. Clemmy doesn't suffer. Mm. So, you know, doesn't suffer fools. So no. Yes. But uh, uh, mm. whilst we're on EFL and mm-hmm. English football, mm-hmm. um, and look, I don't want to dig too much into this, but I want to talk about Anthony Taylor, referee Anthony Taylor. Okay. And you're going to take me back to Europe and England again. But anyway, let's go. Anthony Taylor. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Quick, 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 quick. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You may remember the controversial penalty that he gave at Molyneux two weeks ago. Yes. Controversial. Wasn't mm-hmm. a penalty. Mm-hmm. And off the back of that, he got demoted to the mm-hmm. championship. Mm-hmm. For last weekend, mm-hmm. and he uh, refereed. Or oh, what was the game? Coventry away at mm-hmm. Plymouth, I think. Yep. 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 I may have the game incorrect, but uh, in that match, he, he had a little bit of a howler. Ouch. He didn't have a good time. Gone back to League um, One. No, this weekend he's refereeing Chelsea Man City. <laughs> good luck to him. Yep. Good luck to him. I think it'll be an easy game for him. Uh, PGM well do not help themselves. No, but I think it'll be an easy game, a relatively easy game for him. It's a good one to come back into the Premier League with. Yeah, it's not going to be a hard charger, is it? No. Still, though, it'll be entertaining to watch. I think it'll be entertaining. I don't think it's. I don't think it's a good look. I think Man City will be. Uh, something tells me that this Man City team are going to try and uh, put a performance on this Chelsea just to you know put it back in their place. Mm. I think there's a spanking coming soon. Yeah, maybe, maybe. Mm. But um, uh, alrighty, let's. We shall move on. Go to Europe via, well, Europe to an English club, I should say. Uh, Toulouse. Let's go to Toulouse. All righty. Let's do it. Europa League. Toulouse defeat Liverpool. Have you seen Amazing Klopp, result. Have you seen Klopp's reaction in the press conference? <laughs> he was not happy. He was not a happy that, jabby in that post-match press conference. That's the reaction I thought he'd have when going to Luton. Yeah. <laughs> but here he is trying to do a press conference he with should, the Toulouse fans. I'm surprised he's, I'm surprised he's surprised by that. Yeah, so he's, am I. He's been on the continent before. He knows what Europe is like, especially mm-hmm. Mediterranean Europe. Yep. Like, well, you know, he thinks that, oh, yeah, I, I don't know what he's thinking. Like, he's going to be subjected to those kind of things when you go to places like Turkey, Greece, Italy, mm-hmm. France. Spain. Well, not so much and Spain. And he but... so sour in that press conference. <laughs> oh, boy, oh, boy. You say the start of an unravelling for Arteta. Like, I think something may have clicked in Jürgen's brain on that night uh, nah, this nah. morning. Nah. He'll go back to the no? company of the English shores and he'll be fine. <laughs> Arteta is younger, right? So that's where I think uh, could yeah. be. You know, and he's, yeah. And the emotion can only go for so long. That's bef- true. Before it drains him. But good result for Toulouse. Mm. A little bit of controversy right at the end of the game. Should Liverpool have been able to make a 3-3? Maybe. Doesn't matter. They're going to win the group anyway. Well, that's true. That's true. That's true. And you're and, not uh, too uh, and you're not too bitter about that, but Yeah, I'm non plus. But um <laughs> there is something I did want to speak to you about. I'm sure there is. Mm. What do you think of TIFOs? I like TIFOs. I know you like TIFOs. Did you I'm see I'm a the massive t- fan of TIFOs? Yeah. I think I saw one of the best TIFOs in the Champions League this week. Mm. In Copenhagen. Mm, it was very good. It was a very good TIFO. Copenhagen supporters are fantastic. It's pretty, and it was prophetic as well. Mm, it was. <laughs> it was. <sighs> Tell me about it, Nathan. Go on. Look, this has been something we talk about every single week. 
updates for this week are as follows. <laughs> Man, you remains unsold. Yes, unsold. No Monterey right. stake. Jim Another... Exactly. Jim Ratcliffe hasn't taken over as yet. No, we're expecting it to go through, but hasn't done so yet. In the meantime, the club's still in limbo, and the manager's got so many problems to fix on and off the pitch, but that doesn't make him immune for criticism. He's got issues, until, including taking Hoyland off with 10 minutes to go when you're chasing a goal to bring on Mason Mount to play as a false nine. Anyway, I, as we said earlier, <laughs> didn't think Rashford was uh, thoroughly deserving of mm-hmm. that red card. Both penalties were dodgy, but if you're going to give one, you've got to give the other. Correct. Um, yeah. And But my takeaway from the game is that first half an hour, Manchester United scored the first goal, which was pure Ten Hag football. Yes. From Ajax days and from last season. Correct. The second goal was what? He's trying to do this season with the mm-hmm. transitions and mm-hmm. making them the best transition mm-hmm. team in European football. Mm-hmm. <laughs> For mine, look, uh, both goals give me some confidence uh, that yes, yes. the players are still listening to the manager and mm-hmm. there's no yeah. Gives me a little bit of faith that it's that's still possible in being turned around. Look, the losing issue. the weekend, must win yeah. game. Yeah, it is. Jeez. If imagine if Luton actually do you guys. Oh. Yeah, they were very close to doing Liverpool last week. They were, they were, right? And full credit to Diaz, really. I mean, and to yeah. be able to play and play with that. See how, see how quickly I deflected? No, I know that. But so we're, we're on Liverpool yeah, again now. Yeah, no, that's right. <laughs> but to be able to play and score a goal and, um, you know, with what's going on in his life and glad to hear that his father has been released by the kidnappers, which is great. Yeah, that's the best news of the week. Yes, it is. It is. Yeah, no, it's good to hear. But with regards to Man U, there seems to be an issue as soon as something doesn't go right to plan. It's like as soon as there's a deviation, the mentality just goes. I mean, and look, I haven't seen Varane make the kind of mistakes that he's made at Man U. And I'll tell you what, the handball, the double handball is ridiculous. (laughs) Sorry. (laughs) If Real Madrid are selling a player, I'm not buying, I'll tell you. Oh, not even if it was Jude Bellingham. Seriously. No, no, because they, they'll sell us a 34-year-old Jude Bellingham who's about to break down inside. I didn't, I didn't say when, I'd say, you know, <laughs> after, after a decade. Because they pulled um, a Swifty on United twice, mm, Casemiro and Varane. Mm. Varane has been kept out of the side by a 35-year-old Johnny Evans who was released by Leicester, a relegated Leicester because it wasn't good it, enough. That doesn't make sense to me. I'd still take Varane day of the week. I think it's because Johnny injury. Evans is better on the ball. No. That's the reason. It's a tactical reason. He Tenag's right in what he says. He's not okay. smoking mirrors. Mm. It's a it's a genuine tactical reason. Johnny Evans is better on the ball, and that's what's keeping him in the team, which is insane, 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 insane. But um, insane. yeah, they still go to they still go to water, Nathan. They go to water as soon as yeah. something goes. Oh long, yeah, they go to water, and all, they can all, see all of them though. All of them. The oh whole, yeah, the whole team. That's the, the problem team. with this team. Anytime anything goes wrong, whether it be in the eyes of the players, a controversial refereeing decision, whether it be the opposing team scores a goal, they just fold completely. They are a wet paper bag in terms of mentality. And in both instances where Copenhagen scored, it was two goals in quick succession. There was two sets of quick fire goals. This team has no backbone at the moment. I don't know what's going on. What happened to this team? Who was the most impressive performance or which team in Europe impressed you the most across the three competitions? Oh, that's... Tough question. Ah, uh, that's a very tough question. Mm. Well, some good performances. Would I be remiss in going for uh, Brighton? No, I think that was a, that's a good call. Away to Ajax. Going, yes, I know Ajax mm. are an absolute mess of a club this season, but good a result, Brighton though. team who 
are not quite as good as they were last year. Who and, had a lot and, of injuries and needed to win. They needed to win. They yes. needed to win. Going to the uh, Johan Cruyff Arena mm. and winning two nil. Great mm. result. Great performance. Mm. Mm. That'd be the one I pick out for this week. Mm. How about yourself? Uh, Real and Man City. That, that was very, very solid. Mm. Very solid. Yeah. And um, I did like the Napoli uh, Union Berlin game. What's the stat? The first time Union have avoided defeat for how many games? Oh, I don't know that one. Thought, uh, it's a lot of. I yeah. think it's double figures. Or yeah. Something crazy. Some yeah. unbelievable number. Mm. Mm. I want to say 13, but. Mm. Oh, let's just go with that. Unofficial stat. Yeah. There you go. Yes, yes. Speak first and ask questions later. Yep. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> but um, where do you want to go to now? I've got we some got... more quick fire for you. Let's We've go, let's go. Topics. Sorry, we deviated, but yes, let's go quick fire. Let's make these quick and fire. Look, you're not going to be happy with me because we're shifting okay, back to England yeah. again. No, oh, okay. <laughs> but again, it's not Premier League. That's all right. It's it's This first one's EFL. Mm-hmm. And it's a bit of old news, but mm-hmm. we didn't talk about it last week. Mm-hmm. I want to bring it up this time. Mm-hmm. Sheffield Wednesday. Oof, oof. The owner of the football club, Chan Siri. Yes. He asked the supporters of Sheffield Wednesday yes. to raise two million pounds to save the club from a transfer embargo. Yep. Yes. And he followed it up with saying, if 20,000 people give me 100 pounds, then it's two million pounds total and we're clear. If you don't want to save your club, then don't call yourself the owners and me the custodians. Oof. Yeah. Um, I'm glad you brought this up, back, actually. Um, um, side note, yeah. the, uh, the Chancery family is estimated to be worth $720 million. Yes, correct. Mm. And what's their line of uh, business again? Uh, good question. I don't actually know. Okay, because I, th- I thought I think it had to do with travel as well, like a travel-related thing, and they struggled. Similar story to Leicester's owners, but not quite. Yeah, Leicester's owners are in... Um, Duty-free. Duty-free, they, they, yeah. yes, correct, correct. Um, yes, so thoughts... Uh, I think it's rich. I think it's very rich to actually come out and just say that, hey, 20,000 of you, give me £100 and we'll make sure the, the club's uh, okay. Um, when you've come <laughs> up to the championship from, you know, League One and you've said on promotion that you will do whatever you can that passes through your hand to make sure that the club's competitive, um, yeah, that doesn't sound like you're doing whatever you can to make sure the club's competitive. Yeah. Especially, you know, if... Okay, so it's going to cost you if you're worth seven hundred and twenty, it'll cost you two million. Okay, so you're not worth seven hundred eighteen million. I'm sure you can recoup that too over the next two years or three years, given the kind of line of work that you're in. But also with smart football player movements. Yep. Or looking at your academy and seeing if you can sell someone. Just like Adelaide United. Correct. Full circle. <laughs> ah, dear. So they're my thoughts. Yes. Look. There's some questionable owners in football, and there's been plenty of calls to the EFL to uh, step in and do something, but they don't have the power to do that. You can run your football club as you see fit, and within that remit is pissing off your entire supporter base and making everyone dislike you. Hey, if you want to go about and do that, go for it. Good luck, you've just done it. (laughs) Yes, but Mm. yeah, there's better ways to run a football club. Indeed. Not only sacking Darren Moore so soon after getting promoted, but yes, going on doing this as well. Yeah, which was uh, the... that sacking didn't make sense, but anyway, yes, no. And both mm-hmm. Sheffield clubs are a bit of a mess this season. But, uh, one is always in more of a mess than the other. I think yeah. I'd rather be a Sheffield United supporter than a Sheffield Wednesday one at the moment. That's true. That's true. They've definitely been more prominent over the last little while. But look, for me, and this is something that we can do on another episode. 
maybe next week when it's international break and there's not much to talk about. Um, for mine, if you were starting from scratch, English league system, and you had you were drafting up a Premier League from teams who, based on reputation and what they've achieved and all that, teams that should be in there, your ideal Premier League 20, I reckon I'd have both Sheffield clubs in there. Yeah, historically, yes. Yeah, yeah. I, I can see where you're coming from with that. I can see where you're coming from. Maybe you that's have, something we can go through. Would you have both Manchester clubs in there? Yes, I would. Okay. All right. Then maybe we'll, maybe we'll have that discussion. All right. Mm. So we'll see how we go. Um, moving on. The next yes, one. Yes, moving on. Something tells me that you're prepared for this uh, week's episode, which is um, mighty rude of you. But anyway. It is. It is. It is. I'm, I'm, I must hold my hand up and apologize because I have uh, some few things in the backlog here. But look, I just... Go about my football week. Yeah, hey, that's cool. Anything that I see that uh, we can talk about, oh, yeah, I'll make a note Abs- of that so I don't forget uh, about it. Absolutely. Emma Hayes, we have to talk about. That is a big one. Now, that, that, is, is, a, that is a big one. Anytime the best, at least in the top two managers in, in football, decide to uh, move on, it's massive news. And Emma Hayes, uh, perhaps the best, perhaps in the top two managers in the women's game, is moving on from Chelsea at the end of the season. Being so successful off the back of it, it looks like she's uh, going to take up the role at the uh, US Women's National Team. And look out, rest of the world. Big time. Uh, Absolutely. Because uh, the Americans will be back mm. after that. With a vengeance. As soon as Emma Hay starts, my lord, yeah. Um, if if this is true, we know that she's leaving Chelsea, but if, if it is announced that um, the US Women's National Team have appointed Emma Hayes as coach, I would... Hazard a guess and say that they'll be raging hot favourites for the next World Cup. Yes. And I would also say they obviously need a manager. And I think Serena Wiegmann aside, Emma Hayes is the absolute clear number one option. Correct. If you offered a blank check for anyone in world football, mm. anyone in women's football to come in and take the job, mm. maybe Serena Wiegmann, but Emma Hayes would absolutely be near the top of the list. Mm. Perhaps top herself. And yep. Yep. you're right. If it does eventuate, look out. Look out. Mm. And I think it's a good move all around because Emma Hayes perhaps looking to uh, take on the more of a, a part-time role that a national team manager is, mm-hmm. uh, given uh, her family situation, which is great. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. I think this has flow-on effects for this part of the world as well because do you think Tony, boss isn't going to go and take do you think the US Tony, job. No, that's true. But do you think Tony G goes to Chelsea? No. I was going to say. No, I don't think so. But he's definitely not going to the US. Well, that's... Not for the national team anyway. That's gone. I think it also might mean that uh, one Sam Kerr may jump back to America. Well, you could be right there. You could be right there. But a, a partner's American as well, so maybe that's uh, mm. that's always in the cards. Mm. Um, yeah, just thinking, who else would go to Chelsea? Look, I'm curious to see where Jay Montemiro ends up in all this. I'd like to see him take on the Matildas one day. Yeah, so would I. So would I. It's just a case of whether Football Australia can lure him out. Mm. I think they can, you know. Mm. I think they can. I think um, I think that'd be a very smart appointment. Mm. We we should have mentioned like last weekend there was a big there was a you had a Super Sunday of uh, women's football actually. Juventus <laughs> hey, Rome oh Juventus Roma which Roma won um, Barcelona and um, uh, Sevilla and Barcelona ran riot eight nil emphatic win. Yeah, Chelsea Man City with four Matildas on the pitch. Correct, correct. Two against two. Um, Oh, sorry, Arsenal, Man City, I should say. Yes, it was Arsenal, Arsenal Man City. City. What did you say, Man City? Um, Chelsea, Man City. I've been, oh, no, yeah, no, Arsenal, yeah. Man City. Um, and Paris versus Olympic Lyon. Mm. Uh, 
So, yeah. And I saw the wild scenes in the uh, Olympic Leon dressing room post game. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Going absolutely crazy. Yeah. And hey, deservedly yeah. so, right? Deservedly so. Very much so. So, yeah. yeah. And Ellie Carpenter at the centre of it. Yes. As, course, uh, as a true Aussie would. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Speaking of, um, um, Oz, you know, true Aussie, how about Hayley Rasso? Mm. Have you seen uh, her actually model for Oriton? I haven't. There you go. Very cool. Very cool. Mm-hmm. So going to Madrid, you know, and uh, lined up a uh, modeling job with Oriton, obviously, uh, you know, whilst uh, she's over there, which is, I mean, obviously Oriton are Australian, but uh, Madrid's a pretty stylish place. So there you go. Not bad at all. Mm. So Not bad at all. What else did you have, Nathan, in your rapid fire round? I'm holding fire. Uh, I'm holding fire, okay. actually. Oh, okay. You've got uh, I've got a couple of things. Up. Yeah. Oh, you've got uh, Copa Libertadores, I'm sure. Well, I was going to mention that, but yeah, that's not the reason why I want to go to South America. Oh, is it? Not? Okay. All right. Mm. Okay. Um, the only thing left on my agenda was um, MLS stuff. Let's go with MLS. I think the big news is that uh, St. Louis, the top seed, mm-hmm. dumped out, gone, swept, mm. as the Americans say. That's right. Not swept, but swept. Swept. <laughs> I don't understand. It's swept, man. <laughs> anyway, yes. Yeah, amazing. Mm. Big story. The uh, One of the best clubs. Well, yeah. Well, yeah, that's right. And, yeah, out. And it's been a very interesting set of uh, playoff games. Mm-hmm. I caught the uh, second league. I mean, no, no, it's not a second league. That's uh, playoff number two. <laughs> Match, second match round. two of the first, match two of the first yes. round. Yes. That's not second round of the playoffs because that would mean. No, next, that's right. Exactly. The next yes. phase. No, but... Thank you for correcting me. <laughs> Sorry. Uh, Just go with home. Like, why are they reinventing <laughs> the wheel for? Seriously. Uh, home and away. You know. No, look, I, I understand it, but, you know. Mm. Look, the second game in the tie between LAFC and Vancouver up Correct. at EC Place. Yep. You would have seen what happened at the end of the game here where it was 1-0 to LAFC through a pretty soft penalty, I might say. Uh-huh. And uh, Vancouver had an attacking corner. They took it short, uh-huh. despite it being an injury time. That's a, a real bugbear of mine. Just <laughs> end of stoppage time, putting the mixer. Um, oh, I agree. Played it short, played it to the edge of the box. Someone was uh, shaping up for a shot or an incisive yeah. pass to yes. create an equaliser. Yeah. But the referee, referee doesn't really know what he's doing, what his positioning is and who's around him. Walks back, bowls over the Vancouver player. LAFC picked the ball up, run the length, three on one. The keeper's up for the corner, and they tap it into an empty net. Crazy, isn't it? And if it wasn't for uh, LAFC getting the offside rule mixed up because the goalkeeper was up, the goal would have stood. Absolutely incredible scenes. Yeah. Incredible scenes. It's it's nuts. And I actually think I saw a – I think I saw – I can't remember which game was in the MLS where uh, keepers come up and uh, got caught short as well in the playoff series as well. Can't remember mm. the name. Yeah, can't remember the game. But yeah, uh, there's some crazy things that have been happening. But um, this weekend, well, actually later on. Oh yes, geez, we're up early. So yeah. <laughs> yeah, so, we are up early now. We've crossed over. <laughs> that's right. So I was going to say today there's nothing on today. No, but there is. So uh, Seattle Sounders uh, against FC Dallas. Um, mm. Yeah, and. Um, Yes, Houston Dynamo, Real Salt Lake, Columbus That's Crew. the worst club name. I know, I know. they've got to get rid of it. Real Salt Lake, Lake please. 
Columbus well, group. Uh, multiple counts. Because yes, correct. Why right. do you have a club a royal, 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 meaning royal in America, where there's no yeah, crown? Correct. Yeah, correct. Why do you have a club from Salt Lake City have a Spanish name? Mm. <laughs> well, happy to be corrected, but I don't think there's that many Spanish speakers in Salt Lake City. Yeah. Unless it's just real Salt Lake and it's, I don't know. Anyway. No, they say Real. <laughs> Columbus. <laughs> it's so embarrassing they say know, RSL. <laughs> Columbus Crew versus uh, Atlanta United and FC Cincinnati versus Philadelphia Union. So there you go. Yes, it's... four tiebreakers this weekend in MLS. Oh, that's right. And for mine, the pick of the bunch is still Columbus at Atlanta United. Mm, mm, that's right. Atlanta, uh, not, not Atlanta. Yes. <laughs> oh, yes, we went over that last week. Yes. <laughs> and... Uh, one uh, familiar, Giorgio Yakamakis. Yes, scoring for Atlanta. Mm, on fire. Mm. Best mm, uh, newcomer to MLS, he won. Best newcomer, yes. There was a bit of uh, a bit of uh, controversy around that as well because uh, Messi didn't get it, but anyway. I mean, Messi was injured for half a time for this season. but And, and, Yak- and, Yak- and Yakamakis has scored how many goals at uh, Atlanta. But anyway, yeah, so there you go. There you go. So Shall no, we head south? Yes. All right, let's head to South America. So I've just got to find this because I'll tell you what, Patrick Skeen, who we've had on the pod before and who um, I follow on LinkedIn and see occasionally, bump into at uh, Six Aside uh, occasionally, um, has picked up on this great, great incident that happened um, in the Peruvian Primera Liga. Right, go on. I haven't seen this. Yeah, it's <laughs> it's quite good. It's the best form of shit houseery there is, but I think it's more so sour, sour grapes as well. Oh, right? I have seen this. Yes, right. <laughs> so, 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 so. I'm just waiting. I just want to get the clubs right before I uh, get it. Uh, Here we go. Uh, uh, now, oh, it's so good. It's so good, listener. You'll enjoy this. Yes, yes. Here we go. So, all right. So. Universitario defeated um, Alianza Lima, right? 2-0. And um, they won the Peruvian Classico in their first uh, Primera Liga for 10 years, right? What does Alianza Lima do? They turn the lights off. As soon as the referee (laughs) blows the whistle, right? As soon as the referee blows the whistle, the lights get turned off. All you have is just some of the LED screens that are around the ground, the advertising LED screens showing light. That's about it. But the lights just go off completely. If that's not the best form of shootout, football shootoutsery there is between clubs, I don't know what is because that's just insane. No celebrations for you. No. <laughs> We're talking about Espanol and Barcelona last season, you know, and that was a bit hairy. But this yep. year is just like, hey, the biggest F you see later. Don't you're not going to celebrate it on our ground now. That's it. You're done. Mm-hmm. Um, Amazing. Yes. And <laughs> but but listen, this this has happened in the past, right? So this is not without precedent. Uh, Fenerbahce turned off the lights after losing at home to Galatasaray in the 2012 Super Turkish final. But also Benfica in 2011 when Porto won the league in the Stadio de Luz. They turned the lights off in the stadium and turned the sprinklers on. <laughs> That's even better. <laughs> so credit to Patrick Skeen. Thank you very much, Patrick. I told you that I'd give this a mention on the pod because it was unreal. So there you go. <laughs> Beautiful. Beautiful. That's amazing. Yes, yes. So whilst in South America, though, whilst we're in that neck of the woods, Boca Juniors did not win the Copa Libertadores last weekend. Fluminense win it. And uh, Marcelo wins his 36th. Trophy, career trophy. Mm. 
What a career. What a career. What a trophy cabinet. Amazing. And uh, lots of suggestion that the uh, Fluminense manager is on to uh, big things in football. Good, very well be, Nathan. Bit of a tactical innovator. Mm. I've uh, not managed to check out too many games myself and really see what he's up to. But um, from the from what I've seen so far, it seems to be much more uh, positional rather than mm-hmm. roles in a team. Mm. Yeah. Mm. Indeed. So that's uh, one to look out for. Yes. So have we hit the back peg? Have we got anything else? What are you looking forward to this weekend, Lars? Ah, uh-huh. I already said it. That's the, it. Lazio Roma. Lazio Roma. Lazio Roma. I mean, look, I'm looking forward to Manchester United losing. Ah, uh, I'm not. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, I reckon it's a pretty, pretty tame week in football. I don't know. Sydney Adelaide. Look, going back to that, look, Sydney FC Adelaide's going to mm, be an interesting one. It is. Like, I don't think there's too many like massive, massive games this week. Lazio Roma side because of the derby. Hmm. But look, we've mentioned the MLS tiebreakers. We mentioned, uh, you just mentioned Adelaide, Sydney and Lazio Roma. There isn't too much going on. I look at the fixtures in the uh, in the dub and the WSL this weekend. I'm sure there's going to be some good headlines coming out of it. Some interesting uh, storylines and topics. But heading into it, there isn't that many games that catch the eye. Madrid Valencia. Madrid Valencia is always a good one. Yeah. And that'll be good. Um, yeah, it's, yeah, I mean, that's always uh, a fun game. That's always a fun game. That's, Should um, mention Sevilla Betis. That's a good one. That's a derby. That's a derby. That's a good one. That'll be a good one to watch. Yeah. Now I'll uh, have an eye out on that one as well for sure. Mm-hmm. And uh, maybe Long Marseille. Not a derby. No. Uh, two good. Two good teams in France. Yeah. Although I, I think Reims and uh, PSG will be an interesting one as well. Yeah. I think that just about does it for us, Lars. Nathan, thanks for um, staying up late and up early. Yes, it's been a long one. It's been, <laughs> it's been a long a good, one. Thank you, listener, one, for hanging around one. if you have. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's been a good one. And uh, hopefully you enjoy it. And uh, hopefully everyone that listens to this week's episode enjoys the pod. And, yes, uh, mm. thank you, Lars. Thank you, listener. It's been a big week in football. As mm. you've heard for the past, <laughs> how long this is coming out to. <laughs> but uh, look, we look forward to a big weekend and uh, international break next week. So uh, yes. Bit more of a uh, a chill week, perhaps. We'll see. Yeah, we'll try and get a guest on for next week, though. All going well. Mm, that'd be so, good. Mm, so, fingers crossed. But uh, thanks again, guys. Thanks again, Nathan. Take care, all. Enjoy the football. Talk soon. Mm.